Good evening, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Folks Talking Sports here on our Folks Talking Sports Twitter account, as well as the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube channel. I am Chris Gardner, one of the co-hosts. Joining, oh, he's here. All right, all four of us are now here. Joining me, you see on screen, Willie Gibson from WTG Sports, James Mueller from the sports editor of the Daily Cougar. I'm going to bring him in via audio because we're high tech, we can do that. Andy Yanez from... Paul Samajama and the Community Impact Newspaper. How are you, gentlemen? Doing well, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Andy, are you with us? Yes, sir. Okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm all right. James, how are you? Doing well. Okay. Uh, where should I start? Where should I start? Screw it. Uh, I'm going to get right into it. USC, UCLA, bolting, mm-hmm. Pac-12 for Come on. the Big Ten, Come on the, in. the Big 16. I'm going to say this first and let you guys, you, you gentlemen, dive in for it as well. And if anybody is a Rocket fan, we'll, we'll discuss Rockets in the NBA, most likely in the uh, latter part of the show, this folks talking sports. But we're going to get some things off our chest with this this uh, bolting for money, this money grab from the president of UCLA and USC. Um, Do not tell me that you are thinking of the welfare of the student athletes when you do this. Don't, don't, don't tell me, don't tell me that and expect me to believe you. Let me say it like that. You can say it. It's not true. You can say it all day long, put out statements, all that kind of stuff. This is a money grab. Okay. Pure and simple. This is a money grab, but, James and Andy, I'll get you guys thoughts first because Will, we I was on air with AJ on his show when I saw the news, and then we called you to get your thoughts on it live on Thursday. So I know mm-hmm. your reaction initially, but I don't get Andy and James. What were your thoughts when you saw it, heard it, whatever? Let's, let's go from there. James, you first. Yeah, I mean, it caught me by surprise just because like I hadn't been hearing much about like the UCLA and USC making a move. There wasn't like a ton of chatter. Um, and it moved real quick, you know, as soon as the reports came out by the end of that night, the Big Ten had already voted, you know, we're accepting them and stuff. So they moved uh, real quick. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's all about the money. Um, it, it, I mean, they can say whatever they want, but, like, look at football. If you want to put your students in the best chance of winning, the Pac-12 is a lot easier to win in the Big Ten, um, other sports too. Um, and like you said, it's it's all about the money. It's It's definitely – travel is going to be weird, you know, flying coast to coast. Um, there, there's a lot of things that go in, but like we said from, we always say, you know, it's a business money talks and these people, if they're presented with, you know, an opportunity to make big time money, they're going to jump on it. Um, and so, yeah. Andy, what were your thoughts, your initial reaction when you first saw her, whatever the, the news? Well, my initial reaction when I first saw the, uh, I, the it came across my timeline on Twitter, and the first my first reaction was that has got to be some type of troll account. I took that account, looked at it, then I, I kept seeing reports coming. So I was like, oh man, it, it must be true. And initially, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Like James said, I mean, it, it honestly, at least from an outside perspective, obviously we're not involved with UCLA, USC, or the Big Ten for that matter. It kind of came out of left field, and you know, the more you know, news broke and, and like James said, it moved really quickly by Thursday night. They had uh, already voted on it and USC and UCLA were going to be a part of the Big Ten. Um, but like you said, Chris, at the end of the day, you know, it it all, it all comes down to money, the payouts. And um, 
you know, to go back to, um, you know, if there are any old school wrestling fans back there, but it makes me think of the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, everybody has a price. And for USC and UCLA, that Big Ten payout, that, that was their price. And at the end of the day, Pac-12 tradition, none of that mattered because at the end of the day, those two schools got that bag. And that's, that's it exactly. And from a financial standpoint, none of us on this panel, people watching us on Twitter, on YouTube, we understand it's about the money. Okay, if you got a chance to double your revenue, we understand that. One, one of my first questions is, why is this an all-sports move? Okay, this no one has told me, convinced me that this could not be just a football move. This is a football move, money-wise, TV, ESPN, Fox, all that kind of stuff. Just take UCLA, USC football and call it the Big Ten Football Conference for football. Because James touched on it, the other sports, the nearest, the closest teams for UCLA, USC, and Los Angeles, now in the Big Ten for the other, you know, every other sport, is Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, 1,200 miles away. So tell me volleyball, midweek, what are they going to do? Baseball games, midweek. And then you expect them to go to class the next day. And then you're going to say to us, well, we, the mental aspect, the mental health of our student assets is, is important to us. It's imperative. The hell it is. If you got them flying into, tw- at minimum, 1,200 miles for a conference game, they arrive probably the day before, sleep that night, compete, and then chances are you're going to fly back that, that night of the, comp- the match, if it ends, for school class the, next, the, the day after. 1,200, 1,500 miles away. And I haven't even mentioned those rare possibilities of L.A., UCLA going to, to Rutgers <laughs> for a conference game. What the hell? Mr. Gibson from the Ohio State University. Your thoughts, sir? Well, to piggyback on Andy, Andy brought it up, old school wrestling, and he brought up the Million Dollar Man. Don't hate us because you're anus. To all the non-believers, to all the haters. No, I'm, I'm playing. Oh, you know, I'm just in all seriousness. <laughs> in all seriousness, um, my thoughts initially, um, well, just to put a bow on the, on the financial aspect, um, in 2021, Pac-12 schools distributed $344 million, okay? Pac-12 schools distributed $344 million in 2021. Conversely, the Big Ten schools distributed $680 million, double. Double. Now, yes, while it, it can be said, and it is being said, and factually, that USC and UCLA is a financial move for them. However, it also is a financial move for the Big Ten Conference. And, and follow me with this. Now, the Big Ten Conference now is in five of the top seven television markets in the United States. New York. Los Angeles, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C. This is strictly a money move. Eyes on the teams. The Big Ten, I I read something um, yesterday or Friday maybe. The Big Ten Conference now in California is going from 59 cents a month per subscriber to $1.50 
per subscriber per month. Just that quickly. Apple, Thursday night, re-engaged the Big Ten Conference and discussions on media rights to distribute Big Ten sports. It's clearly financial. No no question. So, I mean, for anyone that pretends it's not, it's it's crazy. And and Gene Smith and uh, President Christina Johnson had a press conference Friday morning that I was able to be a part of. And Gene Smith, the money quote of them all, the question was asked, was this directly, was this a response by the Big Ten to what the SEC did last year and adding Texas and Oklahoma. And Gene Smith, Ohio State Athletic Director, quote, we weren't doing this in response to the SEC. We did this for our own needs, media and marketing rights, period. Okay. So, okay. Agree. It's a definitely money grab. Yep. And it's a it's a body blow to the Pac-12. You're losing 40% of your revenue, possibly. But I did, did just a, a quick glance before tonight's show. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame men's hockey. Notre Dame men's hockey, okay, is in the Big Ten. The other sports are in the ACC. Notre Dame football is independent. So, again, explain to me why we just cannot have a football-specific conference for all this money and, and just do it that way. Well, two things. Um, Gene Smith has presented that to athletic directors as recently as, this is July now, so May. As recently as May, Gene Smith presented that exact scenario. Football falls under the CFP. NCAA handles everything else. They handle all sports championships, March Madness, Mm-hmm. College World Series, baseball, gymnastics, everything else, non-football, is handled by the NCAA. CFP handles college football only. I don't, it's been mildly received, and you know, we'll see how, how much traction it gets now with the fact that Los Angeles, basically, UCLA and USC are now joining the Big Ten. But it, it, it's been something Gene Smith has been speaking on for years exactly that now to mention uh notre dame um just a little bit of a history lesson in 1993 um penn state joined the big 10 solo Mm -hmm. one team and for years the big 10 caught jokes like oh it's the big 11 oh it's the big 11 it's the big 11 well why is the why was the big 10 the big 11 with penn state only because Notre Dame was the 12th team to be added, and at the 12th hour, they backed out of the deal. So, so now people say, well, Notre Dame now can join the Big Ten. Uh, I don't know that the Big Ten wants Big Notre Dame anymore because that left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth that to the 12th hour at the altar, they stepped away. So 30 years later, could it happen? Possibly. But I think now it's more so we'll call you. Don't call us. We'll call you. And now ACC, I mean, Notre Dame is an ACC, as you said, with everything else. It's, it behooves the ACC to really put a, a, a stronghold, a, a, a leaning, if you will, on Notre Dame to join the ACC full time in every sport. So 
Yeah, we'll see. And and James, Andy, get you guys talk. There's there's so much, so many ways to look at this, the implications of it in college sports. But I'm going to ask the two younger UH gentlemen. Do you think Houston is safe now? Do you think the Big 12 is safe? I don't. Okay. I have. It's not quite the same as the, the old Big East. When all when, you know, Houston joined the Big East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then half of it left and became the, the new Big East. And the Big East became the, Ace, the AAC. What are the chances of James, you first, of any current Big 12 members going to the Pac-12? God, I don't know why they would, but what, what if they decide to do that? What do you think about that? I, I don't think, I don't see any of them jumping to the Pac-12 um, just because I think that conference is sort of, you know, reaching for air, looking for anything um, they can. If, you know, the Big Ten, the Ace, uh, the ACC or the SEC, I don't know if any of them would offer. I, I feel like that would be the best chance if they were to leave. In my opinion, I think right now the Big 12 is in a decent position. I think they still need to, you know, pursue some of these teams that have a sour taste in their mouth that are in the Pac-12 right now after this move um, to try to, you know, solidify things. But then, I mean, the future of sports is completely up in the air. Who knows, like, you know, five years from now, football will be completely broken off and its own Things separate from you know the rest of the NCAA sports and stuff. So um, I I don't think there's reason to panic as a UH person right now. But I do think um, I mean there there will continue to be moving pieces. Um, the Big 12 is in a decent position, like I said right now. But there still need work work still needs to be done in order to because I, I don't think some of these other conferences are done in the long run making moves. So Andy Andy, what do you think about that that question? No, I agree with James. I would say that uh, right now, maybe your level of concern on a scale of five, I'd probably say it's a two. Um, it's something to monitor. I agree with James. I think really the more, uh, the thing that, that could probably cause UH more in the Big 12, more problems would be the Big 10 or SEC, you know, choose to expand in. And um, what some people have dubbed the super conferences, and you have those two conferences rating from the Big 12 and what's left of the Pac 12. I think that potential scenario you could see UH being left out again and then you know there's these two super conferences in football and everybody else is kind of like uh at the end of the day left out to dry and they essentially are going to be back in the position where they were um before they were when they were in the American Athletic Conference even going back to Conference USA and and just all those years ago I think it's something to monitor but I think at, as of right now uh, I'm not sure if you're that worried um, especially when you look at some of these schools from the Big 12 breaking off and joining the Pac-12, because like James said, uh, I don't think from a standpoint, that's not really much of a benefit jumping from Big 12 to Pac-12, albeit as of now, that could obviously change in a heartbeat with, with what we've seen the last couple of days. And let me flip the script on you. Mr. Gibson, you brought this up about the uh, TV markets. I'm going to throw a curve on y'all. What if the Big Ten says, you know what? The city of Houston is a pretty highly ranked TV market. University of Houston President Couture is doing a, a very good job of getting UH closer to AAU status. As we look forward to expanding, get to our 20 teams, we extend an invitation to the University of Houston. 
because we want that Houston market. Mr. Gibson, what do you say about that? Hmm. Well, I will say this. I'm not, um, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. Right, right, right. As, it's, as a scenario. As a quote, KG, anything is possible. Um, but uh, uh, I'll add this. Uh, on Friday, to your point, not right now, but Washington and Oregon approached the Big Ten on Friday, expressing interest in coming to the Big Ten, and they were swiftly, quickly mm -hmm. told, we're good. We're good. So right now, 16 is the number. Could, you know, eventually reports are 20 could be the, the end game. I've heard Carolina and Duke floating as potential package right. coming to the Big Ten. I've heard, I mean, me personally, it makes sense. Not that it has to make sense geographically. Clearly, it does it with USC and UCLA, but Missouri and Pittsburgh makes sense. And then you mentioned, it's what you just mentioned, the AAU. The AAU. That AAU school, 15 of the 16 teams in the Big Ten are AAU schools. Mm hmm I, interestingly enough, circling back to Notre Dame, Notre Dame is not mm -hmm. an AAU school. Pitt, Missouri are. Carolina, Duke are. Washington, Oregon are. So that's one of the things President Christina Johnson of Ohio State stressed several times, many times during the joint press conference on Friday morning. Academically, the research universities at USC and UCLA are made this very attractive on the academic side as well as the athletic side. So, yes, football is driven, but just put that in the back of your mind for, for later on. But to answer your question about Houston, possibly, yeah, it could. They could. They could it could come to that. Because I think Nebraska is the, the one school that's not. Yes. And they, they yes. I, I, being kicked out is not probably not accurate, but they used to be, they're no longer AAU, correct? correct? Is that right? Correct. Okay. So, and President Couture, she is, it's one of her missions that she still has yet to accomplish to get the University of Houston as a, an AAU, American Association University member. That is one of her goals. And I think I said it last year, earlier, folks talking sports shows, one of her, I think her ultimate is for UAH to be in the Big Ten. Okay. Of course, that was before Big 12 said, come on over. But ultimately, her goal is to be part of the Big Ten. So just keep that in mind. Fox, Fox Sports has the Big Ten. ESPN has the SEC. Let's discuss this. Two different scenarios, James, Andy, Will. If ESPN says, because right now, and bless their hearts, Pac-12, Media right negotiations were set to begin later this year. Well, they might as well just forget all that discussion <laughs> because they have no leg to stand on right now without with UCLA and USC gone. If ESPN wants to have a presence on in the Pacific time zone, should ESPN, in you guys' opinion, go to all the schools and discuss a merger? of Big 12, Pac-12, or just say, okay, 
uh, new commissioner of the Big 12, Brett uh, Yordmark, wants to invite Utah, Colorado, oh, no, no, Utah, Oregon, Arizona, Arizona State. Would that work? Make it a Big 16, you get one of the name brand football programs in Oregon, still night money. Utah, the second best team in football in Pac-12, last few years, then Arizona, Arizona State. Thoughts on that? James, you first. Yeah, I think the latter of what you presented is more likely just because when you're looking at it, I mean, all those schools will bring in some money, but you want to have quality matchups when you're broadcasting. You don't just want to have random games in the Pacific time zone. And so to bring in some, you know, go to the Big 12 and bring in, you know, the four corner schools or something like that, I feel like that's more like, like likely just because then you know exactly the market you're going into because some of the markets, other Pac-12 schools, I mean, you'll get some money, but it's not completely relevant. Um, I know in one of the articles you sent us about the Pac-12, you know, when they're talking about expansion, they're like, you know, some of these markets won't help us that much. So I think I would probably, if I was ESPN, I'd go the route of, you know, Big 12 invite these four schools. Um, just because then, like I said, you're, you can you can find a way to maintain those quality matchups because even if you have schools on the Pacific Coast and stuff, I mean, if it's a random random two school game that you know no one cares about, I mean, it's not going to help your ratings that much. Well, what what do you think about um, ESPN urging the Big Twelve to these? We want you to invite these four schools. Uh, I would replace Utah with Washington because Seattle. Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. yeah. TV market wise, I, I would replace Washington. I would put Washington in that four and eliminate Utah. So, but yeah, I, could I see that? I would. I could absolutely see that. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Andy, different question for you. Um, where does this end? Flip side, this flip side. Uh, go back one, one more question. I just thought Phil Knight, billionaire, many times over. Could any of you guys, Andy, you first up with it, believe that Phil Knight can save the PAC conference? Because whatever it is, 10, PAC 10, PAC 12, whatever, what's left of the PAC conference? Could he go to ESPN and say, I'm going to invest billions of dollars? You keep Oregon, Washington, and to keep the conference alive, this is what I'm going to do. Could that work? And in that scenario, I do have some kind of concerns about Houston because I think Pac-12 or Big 12, one of them is going to die in these in these negotiations. One of those two conferences is going to go away. So could Phil Knight save the Pac-10, Pac-12? Hmm. Uh, going back to what Will said, uh, quote KG, I guess anything is possible, but uh, that's a tough question. If you're obviously, it, I guess you could say that every everything has a price, and if the price is right, there could be enough leverage to get ESPN or heck, some some other network to invest and commit into keeping the the pack, the remaining Pacific schools, Oregon, Washington, revolved, and then you know regrouping from there. But I. I I would say that's more of a long shot, um, just in terms of 
there has to be commitment from some of the other schools, not just uh, Oregon, in my opinion. And obviously, Oregon's kind of like the, the, the main brand that stays. Well, now that UCLA and USC are gone, but I think there has to be much more commitment, not just from from one school or one investor, per se. Well, what do you say? You think Phil Knight can save the conference? You think Phil Knight wants to save the conference? That's the question. Yeah, yeah. does he want to? Because, I mean, he's a businessman, so he can he can see okay, is this worth my time? Is this worth my resources? Or is this already a done deal? So uh, can he? Probably. But does he want to? Or does he see a greater uh, or a better situation for Oregon? I mean, as I said, Friday, Oregon and Washington approached the Big Ten. Right. So he sees something. Like, uh, maybe we need to go ahead and, and, and move on. So that's the question, you know, and, and or or make it even messier. What if ESPN says, uh, "SEC, we want y'all to invite Oregon." Mm. You know, ESPN and Fox run college football. That's that's I forgot which AD it was. A quote from eleven years ago said, "In in the future, we'll have two conferences: ESPN and and Fox." Mm-hmm. Right on, you know. It's on track at some point to that, which gets me into other areas. And we'll discuss Rockets later on in the show. Like I said, this is Folks Talk of Sports on Houston Round Bar Review, not just Rockets Talk on this show. We're going to talk Rockets later on in the show. So keep patient with us on that. We can talk about Kyrie and KD and, and the Rockets, youngsters, Vegas Summer League. Just stick with us. But mega conference talk, a 20-member conference. 20 members in the Big Ten, 20 members in the SEC. What the hell? I say that for football because every year in that scenario, you're going to have eight or nine schools in your own conference that you won't play. Yep. Every year. What, what, what benefit is that? Okay, I, I mean, it's a mega conference, but it's really two conferences in one. It's, it's two. We don't have divisions anymore. That's going away. But a 20-team or a 24-member conference. Come on, folks. For football, I mean, you, you really get into Premier League, European soccer stuff when, you, when you're going this far. But, James, where, where does it end? 20, 20 members in a conference, 22, 24. What, what, in, your, in your opinion, where, where does it end? Whenever they figure out, you know, this isn't financially um... – doesn't financially make the most sense because like we've talked about this whole time it's a money move and like you said having you know a mega conference like that you're you're playing half the teams and like you said there's you won't even you're not even familiar with half half of your conference basically so it's sort of like am i really are they really in the same conference as us things like that but i mean wherever the money talks they're gonna they're gonna go to that and if they think you know this 2014 mega conference making the most money they're gonna get they're gonna lean towards that if they feel like you know this 16 18 whatever i think that's you know where we sit and just sort of try to capitalize off that and you know get teams to play each other more than once and you know primetime games and stuff like that then they'll do that but they're they're gonna look at all the all the scenarios and see which one's gonna bring in the most cash and that's what that's when they're gonna that's where they're gonna stick with and whenever they figure out that they found like you know that that 
right balance, then that's what that's when it will end. Well, what do you think about 20 members in a conference, 22, 24? Where does it end? I think 20 is it. I just think 20 is the number. I mean, why? Don't ask me. I don't know. But I just I have a I just feel that 20 is going to be it because of what you just said. It's going to be oversaturation. And it's like, well, Willie, why is 16 not oversaturation? For uh, some, it may be. But I think 20, yes, you're not going to play everybody in football. But in basketball, you can play everybody. 19 conference games. And, and, and probably the end of non-conference games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I think 20 is going to be where – because then – yeah, it's going to be financially feasible, but I think somebody's going to be like, wait a minute. I don't want to share any more of this money. I don't want to share it with two more teams, four more teams. So I think for a number of reasons, 20, that's that's going to be it. Andy, do you agree with that? 20 could be it? Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree. And what both uh, Will and James said, it, it, at the end of the day, you know, once schools, once the top-tier schools start um, – you know, looking at it from a business perspective, and it's not necessarily financially wise to continue to expand, it's going to stop. And, you know, you'd imagine at some point, um, whether it be 20, like Will said, maybe it's 22, 24, um, at some point there's going to be a certain cutoff where that just is not financially viable. But until that market's reach, it's going to continue, in my opinion, like both of these two have said. Um, at the end of the day, money is what makes everything go round and round. And if it is 20 teams in the Big Ten, 20 teams in the SEC, the pessimist in me as a U.S. alum, you know, lifelong, live here forever, the pessimist in me says, you know, it would not surprise me if UH was excluded from those 40. Yeah. Now, let me pose a question. This, yes. this could be for, for you, you, Chris, and for, for James. But, you know, I would say in that scenario where there's two – Power super conferences with uh, Big Ten and the ACC. I think it's kind of Big Ten or bust because with Texas A&M and UT and the SEC, I don't think Houston can get in that conference. What say y'all? If ESPN said yes, they could. (laughs) You know, I mean, the networks make this go round. You know, we we can talk about the academic side of it for rationale. But if ESPN or if Fox says, yeah, I want, if Fox says we want Houston market, Fox might be the savior for Houston. Because, well, they see ESPN has the Houston market with A&M and Texas. Well, we need to get in Houston for ourselves. So, yeah, uh, Kevin Warren, we want you to to invite Houston to to join the Big Ten. So that'll be another reason. And then you could add on with academics. So in that scenario, Houston could be safe. So it, it's just so much power, too much power in the, the networks controlling football, and it's impacting every other sport too, and that part of it just pisses me off. Because Jesse, I'll just go play football Saturday and Sunday, Friday, Saturday, whatever, because this will have an impact on basketball, men's basketball, women's basketball, which nobody cares about nationally, about the impact of this. Tournament, NCAA tournament at some point could be impacted with this. If the Big Ten and the SEC decide to have their own championship with their 40 schools, 32, 36, 40 schools, whatever, 
what will the not the fans of the not 40 what will they do will they take their money and not spend it on not bother these other with these 40 schools and just say the hell with y'all mm -hmm. no. what's going to happen with that what are the, you know see and see that's where i get into a point where the fans y'all love college football so much that y'all continue to spend money despite it being invitational yep I, I stopped doing that years ago. Okay, I support my school, but I don't support college football because of, it, it, it's a farce. It's a college, it's imitational. Will you, go ahead, hear your thoughts. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it's going to be with that. I mean, it's the same with, and I, and I hate to do this, not to change lanes, but the fan that says, I'll never watch the Cleveland Browns again because they signed Deshaun Watson. Okay. Okay. Let the Browns make the Super Bowl. Yeah, when did the division make the playoffs? That part. I yeah. was trying to, but my, my, I, my Browns did it. You see my Browns? Yeah. Right. I tried to go to the extreme. But yeah, so it, no, I don't believe they, they they'll still watch. They'll still support. They'll still yeah. Fox, ESPN, absolutely. CBS. Yes. James, where does because I was I was I'm trying to think about this. If Fox is just Big Ten, and that's the majority of the games will be on the Big Ten, what if the Big Ten says, CBS, hey, we want to take uh, the SEC's former 230 slot? CBS says, all right, great. Where does that leave the Big, the Big 12? Because Big Ten negotiations probably have been reopened to really submit the billion per year plus now with UCLA and USC. Where's what is where's Big 12 going? Because SEC, part of ESPN would be on ESPN all day. ABC, probably all day. So where does that leave the Big 12? On ESPN Plus and maybe ESPN U <laughs> and hopefully ESPN two. But you know, where does it end for the Big 12 and TV? I mean, that's a that's a good question. Like you said. If the Big Ten, you know, approach CBS or something like that, they have a stronger case, and I'm sure CBS would rather broadcast Big Ten than Big Twelve. Um, could you see the Big Twelve trying to do something where, like Notre Dame with NBC? I don't know. Um, they should. I'm just that that would be the that was the top thing that popped up to my mind. But like you said, yeah, there's not a ton of options if that was to happen, and uh, you'd really leave them scrambling because like you said, they probably end up just sort of scattered around all these random channels and that, you know, half the people don't even have access to and things like that. And that's trouble. And Andy and Will, what if ESPN says, yep, we got Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC. You guys are not in the SEC, Big 12 teams. So money-wise, this is what we're going to give you. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, a lot, it's more, it's the same what you got before. So be happy with it, but we're not going to give you bump and pay. So yeah, here we go. You go to uh, you're going to be on ESPN Plus and ESPN U. Take it or leave it. Andy, what would I do if I was in the Big Twelve shoes and the in the yeah. new commissioner shoes? Oh, that that's the you know what and. and it's a good reason that there's people that are, you know, in different shoes that have, 
it's uh, above, you know, they get the pay grade to make these decisions. But if I were in those shoes, uh, to be quite frankly, I would I would bet on finding a better deal from uh, just various of uh, some of these other platforms. Because, yes, like you mentioned, there's ESPN, there's CBS, there's Fox. But now there's so many streaming platforms and there's so many out there from, uh, James, you mentioned NBC. Could Peacock, could that be something that you end up doing? Apple, you saw what they did with the MLS. Um, Amazon, what they're going to be doing with Thursday Night Football in the NFL. If ESPN is going to treat the Big 12 like, you know, the B conference, the B show, essentially, when it comes to those football matchups, and they don't even get a slot in ESPN, much less ABC, you know, then why are you going to stick around with, with being a second option and being on ESPN Plus and ESPNU when you can bet on yourself at the very least, possibly get a better deal with some of these other platforms that are available when you when you think of some of the, much of how much the streaming platform, the quote unquote new media that's starting to arise nowadays, I would I would bet on bet on getting a better deal elsewhere. Here's a quote from NBA Commissioner Adam Silver about new Big Twelve Commissioner Brett Yormark. Brett is one of the most skilled and knowledgeable executives in sports and entertainment. His decades of operational experience, relentless work ethic, and strong industry relationships will be of enormous value to the Big 12, its school, and fans. Even got a quote from Fox Sports executive. It's kind of surprising because Big 12 and soon to be Fox Sports going to be all Big 10, looks like. On behalf of Fox Sports, we'd like to officially congratulate Brett Yormark on being named the new commissioner of the Big 12. Brett is a talented and innovative executive who brings a remarkably unique perspective to the position. Under his leadership and vision, the conference is set up for success. And we look forward to continuing to build on our relationship as a premier partner of the Big 12. Well, was that Eric Shanks? Who, who was that? That was Eric Shanks. Yeah, I forgot to give his okay. name. Eric Shanks. Yes. Okay. Fox okay. Sports CEO and executive producer. Okay. So could we see more Big 12 football on Fox Sports? To Could you? Oh, so glad. Pick piggyback or sandwich sandwich Big Ten football. Possibly, possibly. It's a po- again anything is possible. I mean, uh, Brent Yormark, from my understanding, uh, as the Big Twelve Commissioner, his industry relationships, his main focus is NIL and taking that NIL piece into. Um, Great to greater heights as far as the conference is concerned, but that being said, with um, opportunities to to grow football, yeah, yeah, absolutely, I could see that. You know, and I think his industry connections from you know Rock Nation ties to Rock Nation that's that's going to be a help. Um, linear TV is still where the most money is. So, from a Big Twelve perspective, and you know, obviously because Houston is still set on schedule to join the big 12 july 1st 2023 so we're having a discussion more with the slant toward the big 12. so big 12 should be okay i think they got to be proactive mr your mark needs to use his connections keep a linear platform for the football games if apple amazon wants to supplement with money streaming wise that's great too, but it's still 
the money might be good, but the eyeballs just aren't there yet on the streaming platforms like they are for NBC, CBS, ABC, and then to lesser extent, Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, et cetera. But Big 12 got to be proactive, and I go back to it. They got to be proactive. They can't let the Pac-12 beat them to whatever decisions happen because one of those two conferences, just I really believe, will be gone within the next three years. So we'll see about all that. I hope, you know, the rivalries are gone, traditions out the window, all that stuff be damned. UCLA, USC been in the Pac-12 for 100 years, gone. Uh, I mean, it's just college football is it's, it's a business. So any of those folks who were criticizing us for, for the thoughts, the reality we brought to about college football, what are you saying now? This is all, this is pro sports. That's, this, this is pro sports, period. Shifting gears to pro sports. Mr. Gibson. Yes, sir. Uh, seems like the Cleveland Cavaliers spending money. Yeah, the bag. Yeah, who, who, got, who, get, who getting a big bag from the Cavs, sir? Who's getting a huge as the, bag? As the kids say, uh, all-star, all-star point guard Darius Garland has agreed to a deal. Um, the standard rookie uh, extension, uh, five years, $193 million if he is to make all NBA first or second or third team in this upcoming season. That deal goes to five years, $231 million. That's fully similar. guaranteed. Yeah, fully guaranteed. That's a no options. No yeah. player option. No player yeah. option in year five. That was the surprise. Yeah, Most people surprise. thought in, in year five there would be a player option. There's no player option in year five for this deal. Because uh, the Pelicans made a similar deal with Zion Williamson, and Zion has had you know battle injuries way more than Darius Garland. Yeah. But free agency started. The money, the monopoly money, been tossed around. Anything surprise you so far, James, in free agency? We're going to talk about <laughs> the trades in a second, but the free agency, anything <laughs> surprise you, James? Uh, there weren't many huge surprises. It was more trade side of things. Most things ended up, you know, Jalen Brunson to New York. Everyone knew that was going to happen. Um, there weren't, I wouldn't say like there was, you know, a mind-blowing signing or anything like that. Andy, how about you? Anything and free agency, NBA free agency, surprised you so far? No, so far agreed with with James. I mean, outside of Jalen Brunson and and the Knicks, that uh, you know they were they were agreed they were they were able to agree to. There hasn't really been anything um, that has been able to kind of catch the eyeballs all, or everything has just been overshadowed by Kevin Durant, Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving, and um, uh, I, well, we're going to get in trades in a second. But the the biggest head scratch is probably the Rudy Gobert Minnesota trade. Yeah. The one thing surprised me free agency is how much money the Blazers are giving to Anthony Simons. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I'm not hating on Anthony because if somebody is going to give me $100 million, what do I sign? You need my account number. You, you got everything. You, should, you write a number. Everything good. You got that? Okay. Four I, years, I $100 million on basically three months of work. <laughs> good for him. Go to Andy. I was gonna say, I guess the 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 one contract you could also bring up um, would be with Oklahoma City and what they gave uh, Lou Dort 
Lou Dort, five years, 85 million. That's a lot, too. Yeah, that, that's a lot. Okay, for a guy whose offense is getting better, his defense is stellar, but five years, 85 million. Again, for him, if somebody gives me 85 million, yep, where do I sign? Yep. You got, can I do e signature? What you need? You know, Andy brought it up. Minnesota going all, all, all in for Rudy Gobert and so many first round draft picks. Willie Gibson, you first. Was that too much to give up for Rudy Gobert? Absolutely. Absolutely. Four number one picks, four players. Trader Danny does it again. I mean, kudos to Danny Ainge because he fleeced uh, Conley, Tim Conley from Minnesota. Come on. Eight players for Rudy Gobert? I mean, it was another player added to that play, that, that trade as well, but four number one picks, four players for Rudy Gobert? Absolutely, that was too much to me, in my James, opinion. what do you say? Yeah, 100% agree. I laughed when I saw the deal just because, and especially like a Walker Kessler, including him in there, like you could have built – that's a young, you know, big center that could have complimented Rudy Gobert, like is a one-way player most of the time. You know, he's a great defender offensively. He's got a lot of flaws. He's not going to bring the Timberwolves a championship uh, with their current roster. They're, that's just not going to happen. And so, yeah, I mean, they gave up way too much um, for Gobert. And, I mean, it makes me think what <laughs> Kevin Durant's asking price is now. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, next. Andy, your thoughts on the Minnesota giving up what they did for Gobert. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you got to, if you're going to define it in one word, it's got to be a head scratcher just because, um, you know, when you think of Rudy Gobert, you don't think of him. He's obviously an all-star level caliber player, but, you know, does he really move the middle, the needle in Minnesota where now, oh, I mean, like with the move, are they still, are they even top four in the Western Conference? Uh, with the move, with a, with a, it's gonna be a, it's a question of fit. Can, you don't even know if he can play. How well they match up with Carl Anthony Towns, going big. I guess they're trying to to remake the Twin Towers. But I mean, my goodness, four first round picks, mortgaging your future, like you said, four additional players. Um, I I just think it's a head scratcher that it. That, to be quite frank, I think it's gonna blow up in Minnesota's face, um, because especially in the Western Conference, I, I just don't see the benefit of the move. Uh, I don't think Rudy Gobert is the missing piece that they are going to jump them from what, what they were the seventh seed this past season to uh, the top in the Western Conference. I don't see it. And, uh, and Andy brings up a great point. Will, you, you, your thoughts on this. Does it make Minnesota, does it make Cat better? Can't Cat be effective defensively at the four? No. I don't, I don't think it makes them better at all. I mean, no, no, it doesn't make them better. Uh, but now we're going to get, get into it. If that, if Rudy Gobert got that much, what in the hell will Kevin Durant, I mean, he's, KD's well, maybe a year or so older than Rudy, but he's KD. Okay, like the great quote, paraphrase the great quote. Do you know who I am? I'm Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. <laughs> what Kevin is he? Gonna get, what are they going to get for him? Either. Yes. And no options. Four years of KD, you know, could be the, the fourth year. Specifically, Father Time could be catching up with him at that point. 
But what is Brooklyn going to get? Five, six, seven first-round picks for KD? Or they go the, we want young talent, young elite talent in return, and give us four or five first-round picks? James, what do you think about it? They're going to be heavy on the asking for picks because they have none basically after, you know, going all in to try to build, you know, this Harden, Durant, Irving thing, um, which didn't work out. And they basically given up their picks for the next five years or so. So they're, I think they'll go pretty heavy on that. Um, if they got a younger, you know, talented player that they could build around, I still think they would ask for three or four picks minimum. But, you know, just picks alone, six or seven at least. Will Toronto, young talent, New Orleans, Brandon Ingram, Phoenix, I don't see the Suns giving up book. And DeAndre Aiden, uh, cap-wise, probably have to be a third team. I'd send DeAndre to Utah, make it a huge three-team deal. But where do you see KD ending up via trade? Don't laugh, because I heard this earlier today, and it makes sense. I mean, it makes him look terrible. But don't sleep on Golden State. Wiseman, Poole. I heard about that yesterday, yeah. Yeah, Kaminga, um, Andrew Wiggins. Makes KD look horrible because you went there after they beat you, and now you go back after they won without you. Yeah. So it makes him look horrible, but again, as I told someone else, Charles, and then he said, well, I don't think they'll trade him there because uh, – uh, he may not want to go there. Who cares where he wants to yeah, go? Sean Marks, yeah, Sean Marks' job is to make the best deal for the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Not to placate and pacify KD and send him to his preferred destination. So. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And so we'll see how it all plays out. And it's up to Sean Marks to do that. Get the best offer for the Brooklyn Nets. Owner Joseph Sy wants the best offer for the Nets. He wants some impact players as well as draft picks. He probably wants he wants more impact players and picks. Another Brooklyn Net player. Kyrie Irving. Will, is LeBron serious? He wants Kyrie on the Lakers? As we talked about it Monday, yes. And here John Wall, John Wall, look, look, John Wall is a clutch sports guy. He's a Rich Paul guy. If LeBron truly wanted John Wall, he would be in L.A. right now. He would be in the Lakers yeah, uniform yes. yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Let me clarify that. He's in L.A. with the Clippers. If LeBron truly wanted John Wall, he would be a Laker. Clearly, LeBron is set on bringing in Kyrie Irving. Because the other deal was Malcolm Brockton, who now is in Boston, right. on a trade. So, the trade, the Chris Haynes reported yesterday they're working on a deal. Uh, the the Nets want to include Joe Harris. The Lakers want Seth Curry. Right. So, but yeah, Kyrie, absolutely, LeBron's serious about that. LeBron, you know, he's he's believed he can keep Kyrie sane, level headed. Good luck, brother. Well, the last three years, okay. Well, the, Kyrie actually said, I'm not sure, I'm trying to think, was it more than an athlete? Have you seen uh, Kyrie spoke about that? How when he was in Cleveland, he was a knucklehead, essentially. Yeah. I don't want to listen. And now, I think 
he's determined. Like, look, he has won one playoff series without LeBron. He needs to he improve won. his image. Okay. Yes. yes. If it's important, he needs to do something to transform his image. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. So he now realizes, man, I should have listened. You know, we've all had that moment where, like, man. Yes. So and so tried to tell me. And now I think Kyrie's realizing, like, man. Do you do? Do you really will? Do you believe that? You really do believe he's he's realized it? The lights come on. Yep. Yep. Here's why. True story. True story. Uh, Worst kept secret in America was was when Brown was in Miami, he was coming back to Cleveland. Everybody knew that. Yep. All right. So the Cavs are in Miami. And uh, LeBron, you know, pregame. You know, layup lines, talking to a couple of guys. He tells Kyrie, like, listen, you know, I'm I'm thinking about coming home. I'm coming back. Now, most young players would be ecstatic, excited. I want to, LeBron's want to come in and play with me. Kyrie, Kyrie looked at him square in the eye and said, why would you want to do that? Because Kyrie truly thought it was his team. Right. I'm the man. I'm the guy. And so LeBron's kind of like, oh, okay. And then early on that first year, there was a game in Portland. And Kyrie had zero assists. And LeBron pulled him aside and said, you will never, ever have another game where you have no assists. And he also said something to Deion Waiters at the time. Mm-hmm. And Kyrie was just too young to realize, you know, he's trying to help me. I'm so caught up and I want to be the man. I didn't want to listen to him helping me. And I think now at 30 years old, after what he went through in Boston with Jalen Brown and the young fellas, and after he's gone through here in Brooklyn, I think he's now to the point where he's realizing, like, maybe I should be listening. And he tried to tell me before, so I think I'll listen now. All right, we'll see. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to toss this out for, for uh, James and Andy. Put this on the screen from, from uh, John. Starting lineup for UH, I'm assuming men's basketball, of course, not women's basketball, John. <clears throat> I kid, I kid. Go for it, James. Today, July 3rd, starting five for the men's basketball team for UH. Okay. Uh, Jamal Shedd, Marcus Sasser, Jamon Mark, Jarris Walker, and Reggie Cheney. Andy? Uh, that's the, obviously your, your backcourt is set with Jamal Shedd and, and Marcus Sasser. Uh, hmm. I think that's the the tricky part is: do you want Tremont Mark starting, or do you want him being a six man off the bench? And so let me skip the three spot for a second. I I agree, Jarris Walker will be at four. Um, you know, I think a kind of a, a dark horse to start. I think Jawan Roberts, Jawan Roberts could start at the five next season, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Reggie Cheney gets a nod. And going back to the three spot, hmm. You know, I'll, I'll keep Jamon Mark in. I, I agree with James. I have Mark starting um, with Sasser and, and Jamal Shea. Yeah, I'll probably go with that five as well. As of July 3rd, uh, man, that's a loaded team. Man, oh, man. Uh, let me see if I'm forgetting about it because I like Juwan Roberts coming off the, the bench with his energy. Yeah. That that would be a, a good thing. That makes sense. Uh, do we have, have anything changed about um, 
what's the young man's name? Pulling it up, pulling it up. Malik Wilson. Do we know he's – is he going to play? I mean, they're still talking like he's going to be eligible to play this year, which I don't – you know, I don't know about that yet. Yeah, um, that's that's the kind of the odd thing because, like you said, they, they are going about like he's ready to play from day one. But uh, I was told, and Chris, you brought it up, I, he – from what I was told, he needs a waiver to be able to be eligible yeah. to play next season. Now, um, there hasn't been any news on a waiver, um, but from if you look at uh, how some of the coaches and how it looks like, it looks like he's going to be ready from day one, but I believe he still needs a waiver before he's eligible to play. And that's what I've been told. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so <clears throat> that <clears throat> if he doesn't get the waiver, I'm not sure who would be the backup point guard. Uh, I mean, would they make Ramon Walker? I don't know. So that, you know, that's an issue there coming off the bench. Ramon's going to play. There's a question yeah. of, you got they're going to have to stagger Jamal and Marcus at the one minutes anyway. You know, I think Emmanuel Sharp's going to play some. Terrence Arsenal, young fella, going to play some. Keyron Powell and J.B. Francis, the big young man. We'll see. They got to earn the minutes. I think J.B. Francis will get minutes at the uh, at the five spot. Man, oh man. Uh, John's comment here. Worry about the front court. Don't worry about the front court, John. Only issue about the front court is inexperience. <laughs> it ain't talent. Yeah. <laughs> it is inexperience. That's it. I um, mean, just just look at Walker, just Walker and and Jawan Roberts. They're going to be. That would be one heck of a defensive lineup, which is how athletic crazy they're going to be. Obviously, Reggie Chaney, um, he was the starter when they went to the Final Four, so you're not going to be lacking from a leadership standpoint, whatever. I think the biggest question mark I see for Reggie Chaney is going to be health. Yeah. And I think the the real question is, um, you know, what does Kieran Powell, what, does he get minutes? Does he? It's, well, it's up to him. He'll get he'll get minutes if he plays defense like Coach Sampson and the staff want. That's that's up to him. It's it's on him. Um, you know the time with Reggie being out this summer with the surgeries, uh, giving the youngsters young big minute more minutes in practice that should help JB Francis and Kieran Powell. But we go at the five. Has been, uh, I was just going to add that JB Francis is. Um... He's a player that, that I believe Kevin Sampson has been high on during yep. the uh, Zoom availability. So, I mean, that him and Powell, it's going to be interesting to see who kind of uh, carves out a, a nice rotational yeah. spot for themselves. Going, going back to the, our starting five, I'm, I'm going to put Ramon Walker at the three instead of Jamal and Mark. Yeah. Jamal and Mark jump Jamal come off the bench at the one or at the lead guard. To help run the offense coming off the bench, yeah. Uh, so because if um, I got to learn this, Malik Wilson does not get the waiver approved. You're gonna need a backup point guard, and Jamar can do that. Be a lead guard facilitator. He's healthy now, and when he was healthy, he looked like the good James Harden with his ability to break down defenses, get to the the basket, and get to the free throw line. So if, if he's back healthy now, which check this out, Will. Coach Sampson told media Jamal Mark was cleared to play, what, three weeks ago? <laughs> Something like that? Mm -hmm. John Rothstein put out there Wednesday like it was news. 
Okay, John, we knew that a lot of weeks ago. We knew that already. But yeah, first because, you, too. because you said it is news, but Kelvin told us that weeks ago. All right, John, whatever. But yeah. I will. Go ahead. Um, no, I will add what, what you brought up about Jamon Mark. And, you know, if they go with Ramon Walker or someone else at three and a half, Jamon Mark be um, come off the bench. I think it's kind of uh, interesting that Calvin Saffin said that kind of the thing that they're focusing on with Mark is of him being, you know, making the right play first. I think he called them a score first and a score second in years past. Um, so that, that'll be interesting to see. Um, it Obviously, he, UH is going to need him to do much more than just, you know, be a kind of have that score mentality so i could i could see them trying to, to make him more of a playmaker facilitator and, and the back of point guard that they need once uh jamal shed and marcus sasser are on the floor and if i could add i mean we don't know 100 percent, but like this is a good problem for uh last year they barely had enough guards to field a team so you know having all these options it's definitely there's a lot of depth and it's a good problem and it's going to work out whoever they decide you know, to be that third guard, um, we'll just have to wait and see. But all, all those guys are going to get minutes. Yeah. Now, if Malik Wilson gets a waiver, and he'll be back the backup point guard, and I think Jamon would start at the three. Yeah. But I mean, we're looking at they could go ten deep next season with Marcus Sasser, Jamal Shedd, Ramon Walker, J.V. Francis, Jamon Mark, Jawan Roberts, Emmanuel Sharp, Terrence Arsenault, Jarris Walker. Reggie Cheney, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't name Kieran Powell, Malik Wilson. <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. I mean, so the depth, healthy, gotta stay healthy. Knock on wood. Everybody stays healthy. They could be very deep, very versatile, and go big, small, athletic, uh, offensive firepower with with defense tossed in, shut down guys. They want to make it just say y'all ain't gonna score. <laughs> you know, defensive plays too. Uh, so it's fun to talk about that. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, but, yeah, fun problem to have. And, of course, Coach Sampson does not typically play freshmen a lot of minutes unless they earn them. So Terrence Arsenal may not get a lot of minutes this year, but he's still a very talented player. Jess Walker, from last I heard, was looking very good in the summer, looking like the five-star that he is. And Marcus Sasser has a lot to prove to – media himself NBA people that he's worthy of being a first round pick next season so fun times for uh men's basketball they announced uh a matchup on veterans day uh who was it against guys st joseph st joseph be on cbs sports network double hitter yeah indianapolis 5 p.m on cbs sports network that's the first game uh tv because i think coach Sampson, who was it james andy it was uh, on the colorado i'm gonna count that but yeah <laughs> anyway. i remember so that's that that'll probably be their exhibition game i believe november 7th that's a monday yeah that's a monday so that's 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 an interesting date as well but so we'll, we'll see if they haven't announced anything concrete besides the saint joseph matchup in the veterans classic all right wrap it up with uh Deshaun Watson news from our guy in Ohio, Mr. Gibson. What can you share? Yeah, uh, there was a three-day uh, conference or three-day uh, hearing with uh, Sue Robinson, who's the uh, hearing officer mutually agreed upon between the NFL and the NFLPA. Um, 
Interesting. Um, NFL pretty much made Deshaun's case for him and the PA when they said, yes, we did investigate Robert Kraft. We did find some things, but yet we decided not to punish him. Now, there's a direct contradiction to when they said, when you tarnish the shield, owners, front office executives are held to a higher standard than players. So you've admitted in this hearing that, yes, you did find some things against one of your owners, but yet decided not to discipline him. But now you want to discipline your player for pretty much similar situations. So um, it's going to be interesting to uh, see how uh, Judge Robinson rules. Um, July 11th is the deadline that she asked for briefs to be submitted by both sides. Uh, decisions still can come prior to training camp. Um, honestly, it makes the NFL look super bad. And it also is leading people to believe that the punishment may not be as severe as once thought. All right. Thank you for that, sir. We're going to close it, wrap it up. Vegas Summer League starts July 7th. Rockets versus Orlando. I know Rocket fans are looking forward to that game. So whatever. Um, Paulo and it's, Jabari. It's Summer League. Jabari is going to look, probably have a point to prove. Games on ESPN, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Mr. Gibson, uh, July 9th versus OKC, games on ESPN2 at 7 p.m. So uh, Keegan Murray, Sacramento had 26 and 8 yesterday. Good for him. Nobody questioned his talent. You know, he, so good for him. But once again, it's summer league. So don't freak out one way or the other. Don't freak out if Jabari Smith goes 2 for 20 July 7th. And don't freak out if he goes 18 for 20 on July 9th. Whatever. Just play well, learn a system, and don't get injured. That's my main objective for Summer League. Will, you got something to say? I do. I just want to circle back to free agency. It's something I didn't mention then, but uh, Miles Bridges. Man, Miles Bridges. Just unfortunate situation yeah. all the way around for his family, for him. Um, her. Her. Yeah, something for his family. Her. Right. First and foremost, um, man, that's uh, his arrested felony, felony battery last week in Los Angeles. And his wife uh, published some photos and an injury report, for lack of a better term, of the injuries that she sustained at his hands. Now, he was 48 hours away from a $173 million contract. Yep. And now, not only does he not have that any longer, the Charlotte Hornets are in the process of rescinding his restricted free agency contract. Sad yep. all the way around. Yep. Sad all the way around. And, and let me say this for legalese. Uh, allegedly. Yeah, Thank allegedly. You. Yeah. It does look good for him with the report, injury report, medical report, because I think medical report said male, so it didn't, it didn't name him. So legally... We don't, you know, it don't have, it has to be proven. It's a bad look, you know, and, and some fans of certain NBA teams, why didn't y'all toss some money and make, make, make a run at Bridges? Well, NBA teams have 
have investigators. Okay, so there's method to the madness. And lo and behold, what comes out hours before free agency starts. Okay. So on that sad, sad note, it is it's sad. And so I don't I don't want to you yeah. know just go any further. But no, it yeah, it's it's yeah. news, but yeah, it's gotta yeah. say it, it's news. That's what we, we're gonna talk about that here on Post Talking Sports. It's yeah. news, it's sports yeah. news. Yeah. But you got the floor. Wrap it up, Mr. Gibson. How can folks interact with you and contact you on the internet? Appreciate it, sir. Um, you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Will Gibson Seven, uh, Facebook at Will Knowles, and uh, WTGSports.com. Mr. Yanez, next, sir. How can folks find you? <clears throat> yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Ayanez underscore five. Also, be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter on the official Pod Family Jam. Uh, Twitter account that's at P A W D S L A M H A M A on Twitter, and also check out Clip City Control Room on YouTube where we have our video podcast uh, there for every episode of our last Spotify and Apple podcast. And James Mueller? <clears throat> yeah, you can find me on Twitter at JDM2186, and then all my stuff is at the Daily Cougar. Got some um, stuff about UH's preparations for the Big 12 coming out later in the month, so be sure to um, check that out when it comes out. And I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Rombard Review. Twitter, you see me there on the screen. I said for the audio audience, T-H-E-H-R Review. Piggyback, going back off what Andy Yanez touched on. Um, Less Rage Cougs, the unofficial postgame show for UH Athletics, UH Football, and Men's Basketball. We got uh, our first sponsor. We'll be announcing that when football season starts. We have the first five games. Uh, football season taken care of in the first five games of men's basketball taken care of with a sponsorship with a main sponsor and we're getting big will james with the primary sponsor Absolutely. We have two more tiers secondary and tertiary sponsorship levels as well so you still got chances to be a sponsor of less rage cougs on twitter and the houston round bar review channel as well so onward and upward for that andy you got something you want to add no i was just saying we're like you said that's primary sponsorship we're looking for as many sponsors as possible when it comes to secondary sponsorships tertiary live reads sponsor tweets anything you can think of we we are open to it this is uh you know for lack of a better phrase it's open season we're trying to grow as much as it can be like you said it's unofficial now who knows how far we could take it and we gotta um to quote calvin samson we all had to start somewhere so we're gonna grow and hopefully it grows into something big Agreed. You know, we're starting starting small. Hopefully it gets big onward and upward. So thank you very much to everybody and for your comments on the YouTube channel. Ulim, Ulim, thank you for your comments. John, thank you for yours. I three, thank you for your comments. We'll do a if you missed Saturday's Let's Talk Houston Rockets, watch the rebroadcast on YouTube channel. Assuming the Rockets have post game media via, uh, via Zoom. During summer league, they'll probably have a Zoom session on uh, Saturday, July 9th, after the game against OKC. If that happens, then the Let's Talk Houston Rockets live stream show will start later than 9:30 p.m. because I'll be doing being I'll be in the Rockets media session because the game starts at seven, should end around nine, nine fifteen. Zoom call around 9:30. So just be a subscriber to the channel, and I'll post updates on the community tab at Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube. Guys, thank you very much for your comments, your insight. 
have a safe firework day tomorrow on Monday, July 4th. Look forward to it. Uh, everybody good for next Sunday, July 10th? So I think we're good, right? How about y'all? That'll work. Yep, that'll work. All right, so we'll try it again. And then the closer we get to football and training camp, the schedule will probably change. But we're not quite there yet. But thank you once again to everyone for watching and listening to us on Folks Talking Sports. Until next Sunday, take care. <laughs>